Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry once again. As we are on the verge of eternity, we are seeing unprecedented events in our world that tell us that Jesus' return is very near. The war in the Middle East between Israel and the Hamas was not by chance. The tensions between the two sides have gone back for centuries, in fact for millennia. But Satan is manipulating the whole world into his deceptions. So as we begin, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for your love. We're so thankful for your forgiveness of our sins. And now as we near the end of time, we pray that you will purify us and make us what you want us to be. This world is in dire straits. It can't last much longer. But it will last by your strength as long as you uphold the nations. But you will not do it forever. You want to redeem your people and take them to heaven and give them the joys of the new Jerusalem. But you are also long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, and you do not want to see anyone lost. So help us endure to the end, and be with us today as we study. Show us great and mighty things from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible predicts that the day is coming when there will be no more war or bloodshed. It will be a time of absolute peace. I look forward to that day, don't you? Listen to this statement from the prophet Micah, who describes the future of peace in chapter 4, verse 3. He shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But unfortunately, while we are still on this earth, war will plague us. In fact, the Bible predicts that war will be with us till Jesus comes and puts an end to it. After all, Satan is at war with Christ and everything that he does is with that in view. And while he continues to live, he will work for the destruction of human beings. He hates humanity because Christ created them. And he particularly hates those who were or are God's chosen people. He is even hostile to those who were once the chosen people of God, even though there is no significance to this fact today. His rage knows no end, and he will do despicable things whenever heaven allows him to, for he is a raging lion seeking whom he may devour. This statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, 
page 11, describes this attitude very well. The condition of things in the world shows that troublous times are right upon us. The daily papers are full of indications of a terrible conflict in the near future. Bold robberies are of frequent occurrence. Strikes are common. Thefts and murders are committed on every hand. Men possessed of demons are taking the lives of men, women, and little children. Men have become infatuated with vice, and every species of evil prevails. But Satan's war-making goes beyond a few nations. He wants to involve the whole world in a conflict that will send as many souls as possible to Christless graves. Listen to this statement from Great Controversy, page 589. Satan delights in war, for it excites the worst passions of the soul and then sweeps into eternity its victims, steeped in vice and blood. It is his object to incite the nations to war against one another, for he can thus divert the minds of the people from the work of preparation to stand in the day of God. And not only does he divert the minds of the nations involved away from the preparation to stand in the day of God, he gets the news media to report on the bloodshed and gets the nations to watch and take sides and join political parties for or against one side or the other, based on their perspective. War has nothing good to provide humanity. It is all evil, and all sides are involved in that evil. Rulers have the mind of beasts, and their subjects copy them. They treat other races and nationalities with brutal and ruthless conduct. The Babylonians were this way. Nebuchadnezzar actually lost his mind, and God gave him a beast's mind. And he acted like a beast, even eating grass. Rulers who act this way have been ruling over humanity for centuries. One of the worst was the Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler. But he was by no means the only one. Down through the centuries, God allowed one nation after another to rule the world. Papal Rome was just as ruthless as any. The sadistic inquisition is an example of Rome's beastly mind. Revelation even describes Rome as a beast. Let's turn to Revelation 13, 1-4. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the, his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? 
The way Bible prophecy describes this beast is nothing short of ruthlessness and evil of Satan in human form. The prophet Daniel also describes this beast in Daniel 7, 7, and 8. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were the were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. In these verses, the beast is described as trampling on people everywhere and blasphemed God and spoke great things against God. Nothing is more blasphemous than trampling on the law of God and boasting about it. That beast is at war with God in the name of religion and in the name of God. And Satan will use it to persecute God's people as he did in the past but it will not be without the cooperation of the nations. And Jesus predicted war and chaos at the end of time. In Luke twenty-one twenty-five, he predicted that there would be much confusing and perplexing things to happen. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and their waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming up on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and today this prophecy is accurately being fulfilled listen to this statement from education 179 The present is a time of overwhelming interest to all living, rulers and statesmen, men who occupy positions of trust and authority, thinking men and women of all classes, have their attention fixed upon the events taking place about us. They are watching the strained, restless relations that exist among the nations. They observe the intensity that is taking possession of every earthly element, and they recognize that something great and decisive is about to take place, that the world is on the verge of a stupendous crisis. And truly, the world is on the verge of a bloody and deadly crisis. Astute men and women realize that certain events are taking this world down into chaos and confusion, and they are watching anxiously for what is going to happen next. It is only a matter of time until society breaks down and descends into a bloodbath. In fact, Revelation predicts this. Turn with me to Revelation 14, verse 20. And the winepress was trodden without the city, 
and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. The war between Israel and Hamas is just that type of war on a small scale. And people who know nothing of the motivations and reasons why the war is happening make strong statements and defend one side or the other. My guess is that both sides, or all sides, are involved in deception. Only the Word of God gives us the truth. You cannot rely on the news media. You cannot rely on official pronouncements. You cannot rely on government leaders, for they will inflame the war. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because they have a vested interest in the money that is gained by war. How is that, you say? Well, companies that make implements and munitions of war make a lot of money when there's war. And people that invest in those companies also make a lot of money. So war and bloodshed are in their best interests. Satan knows this and makes them very rich so that they will promote the war. So because of the love of money, much misery and death come to the planet. And the consequences of war just keep getting bigger and bigger. More and more people are swept up in it and endure great loss and painful stress and suffering as a result. And at the end of time, war will rage. In fact, it will probably get big enough to involve the whole world. At least most of the countries in the world will likely be involved in it. Listen to this statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, page 268. I was shown the inhabitants of the earth in utmost confusion. War, bloodshed, privation, want, famine, and pestilence were abroad in the land. As these things surrounded God's people, they began to press together and cast aside their little difficulties. Self-dignity no longer controlled them. Deep humility took its place. Suffering, perplexity, and privation caused reason to resume its throne, and the passionate and unreasonable man became sane and acted with discretion and wisdom. Does God allow war and these other stresses so that his people can put aside their little difficulties? Probably. Notice also that War is abroad in the land. Only the protection of God will preserve God's people. I'll read from the next paragraph, from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, page 268. My attention was then called from the scene. There seemed to be a little time of peace. Once more the inhabitants of the earth were presented before me, And again, everything was in the utmost confusion. Strife, war, and bloodshed with famine and pestilence raged everywhere. Other nations were engaged in this war and confusion. War caused famine, want, and bloodshed caused pestilence, and then men's hearts failed them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. It would be nice to have a world of peace, 
but I don't think from here on out there is going to be much peace. Nobody likes the brutality of war. People are displaced. Their lives are turned upside down. There is pain, injuries, and death. There is sorrow that no man can heal. And war is not just a phenomenon that just happens. Nor is it just from ambitious nations that want to gain more territory. Hostilities between countries happen when competing interests of various nations clash with each other. But more diabolically, war is instigated by rulers who have vested interest in their own wealth or power. They are heedless of the humanitarian effect of the war. Oh, maybe they give lip service to it, and they seem to support sending humanitarian aid to help, but they are involved in making war happen. At six o'clock in the morning on October 7, Israel was relatively quiet, but already in Gaza, Hamas was actively involved in preparations for the ruthless and brutal attack on Israel that morning. At 6.30, some 1,500 armed men tore down parts of Gaza's security fence using tractors, loaders, explosives, and invaded southern Israel. Simultaneously, Hamas fired thousands of rockets toward Israel from inside Gaza. They used vehicles, motorized paragliders, and some were on foot to attack 20 communities inside Israel. Others attempted to invade through the sea, aiming for Israel's Zakim Beach. The attack force then split up and made their way to around 20 towns and villages and IDF bases and began the killing spree. They shot everything in sight. They acted like savage beasts. They broke into people's homes, kidnapping, shooting, burning, raping, and beheading them. They indiscriminately gunned down fleeing people. They killed children in front of their parents and parents in front of their children. They burned whole families alive in their homes. They cut babies out of the bellies of pregnant mothers, beheaded infants, and committed other sickening atrocities. Then they boasted of their inhuman behavior by uploading graphic videos on social media and spread them as far and wide as possible. Some Hamas fighters drove to the Nova Music Festival, which took place in an open area. Partygoers were having the last few moments of dancing as the sirens started to warn of rockets. As they attempted to evacuate, suddenly Hamas fighters fired indiscriminately at hundreds of civilians. Many of them were shot in the back as they fled. They raped young women, brutalized bodies. They burned people alive in their cars, some unrecognizably, and abducted many. 260 bodies were found in the area of the festival, most of them young men and women. 
The carnage and terror were horrific. Though IDF forces tried to neutralize Hamas and thwart their infiltration, Hamas ambushed IDF bases, killing soldiers and hurling grenades and explosives. IDF field officers used a sniper sighting system. Tanks fired shells and combat helicopters and special forces were employed to the many locations of the attack. But it was not without difficulty that Hamas could be put down. More civilians were lost during that prolonged bloody battle to regain control of the towns and bases around Gaza. Clear them from Hamas and rescue as many hostages held in Israeli territory as possible. When the IDF forces were finally able to regain control of the towns, they were faced with grotesque sights of pure violence that Hamas left behind. The Hamas fighters were drugged up with the amphetamine captagon, known as cocaine for the poor, to give them courage. Under the influence of drugs, these people became more demonic than ever, for they were controlled and inspired by Satan. This nightmare foreshadows the unprecedented suffering prophesied to come upon the whole world very soon. And it should arrest the attention of God's people especially. It is a dramatic warning of just how deadly and devastating are the events that are about to engulf all of our lives. Without God's protection, there is no hope, but with it there is triumph and victory in Christ. The unspeakable carnage was met with retaliation. Israel now had an excuse to invade Gaza and destroy Hamas and bring unspeakable pain and distress upon the civilians of Gaza. Gaza was relentlessly bombarded with bombs and missiles from the air. Hamas was embedded throughout Gaza among the civilians. Thus, many civilians lost their lives in the onslaught. Food and water could not get into Gaza, and relief was also excluded for a while. The people were told to flee to the south to avoid the destruction that was going to come in the north. Masses of people began to head south. When the bombs and missiles were again launched, Gaza City was essentially destroyed. Then the Israelis told the people to flee to the north because they were going to to destroy the south part of Gaza Strip. The civilians of Gaza were the meat in a sandwich, as it were, and had nowhere to go that was safe. And when it was all over, they would be without homes or anything useful. As Hamas was firing missiles toward Israel, they flew over a hospital in Gaza. One missile misfired and destroyed the parking lot of the hospital and apparently some of the hospital as well. Hamas, of course, blamed it on Israel. Hamas operated in tunnels under the buildings in Gaza, 
Israeli forces invaded Gaza on the ground and searched for the tunnels in order to find hostages and neutralize or destroy Hamas. Israel wants to destroy Hamas's capability to attack Israel in any way. Meanwhile, it is bombing and destroying Gaza back to the Dark Ages and causing enormous suffering and death. Keep in mind, the Israelis and Palestinians are ancient enemies. There have been so many offenses on both sides that reconciliation is hopeless, and Satan keeps them inflamed. There will never be peace between Israel and its natural enemies in the Middle East. When you think about it, these enemies arose because Israel disobeyed God. Listen to this from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 521. The people in general were slow to complete the work of driving out the heathen. The tribes had dispersed to their possessions. The army had disbanded, and it was looked upon as a difficult and doubtful undertaking to renew the war. The in- Intermittent vexation of the Philistines toward Israel was a result of the laziness and indolence of Israel when they first came into Canaan. Yes, they put out many of the heathen people among the Canaanites, but they didn't evict them all. And because of the sins of Israel, these enemies continued to rise and wane according to Israel's relationship with God. Often these enemies allied themselves with other nations to inflict pain upon Israel. They were used by God as judgments for Israel's sins. The judgments of God will target the wicked. Listen to this statement from Prophets and Kings, page 278. God's message for the inhabitants of the earth today is, Be ye also ready. For such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. The conditions prevailing in society and especially in the great cities of the nations proclaim in thunder tones that the hour of God's judgment is come and that the end of all things earthly is at hand. We are standing on the threshold of the crisis of the ages. In quick succession the judgments of God will follow one another, fire and flood, and earthquake and war and bloodshed. We are not to be surprised at this time by events both great and decisive, for the angel of mercy cannot remain much longer to shelter the impenitent. Behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. Isaiah 26.21 The storm of God's wrath is gathering, and those only will stand who respond to the invitations of mercy, as did the inhabitants of Nineveh under the preaching of Jonah, and become sanctified through obedience to the laws of the divine ruler. The righteous alone shall be hid with Christ in God till the desolation be overpassed. As bad as the war is in Gaza, and as bad as the attack on Israel was, this 
is nothing compared to what will happen when the restraining hand of God will be withdrawn from the earth. It is only a glimpse of what is in store for the whole world, a foretaste of worst to come. It is the future, violence, bloodshed, and death. Here is an interesting statement from Last Day Events, page 238. Four mighty angels hold back the powers of this earth till the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. The nations of the world are eager for conflict, but they are held in check by the angels. When this restraining power is removed, there will come a time of trouble and anguish. Deadly instruments of warfare will be invented. Vessels with their living cargo will be entombed in the great deep. All who have not the spirit of truth will unite under the leadership of satanic agencies, but they are to be kept under control till the time shall come for the great battle of Armageddon. Men have already invented deadly weapons of war. The technology is already available to destroy the whole world by nuclear weapons. Whole cities can be wiped off the map with a suitcase nuclear bomb. God's people should be preparing for the time of trouble before it gets here. Those who neglect to do so will be caught up in the maelstrom of general war and will not be protected by the angels of God. The cities will be the targets of war and destruction. The cities are death traps. They will be the first to be attacked because of the large populations and it is easy to maximize damage and it will cause great suffering to people living in the great cities. Just look at the way the people of Gaza are made to suffer. The war between Israel and the great Philistine city of Gaza is only a faint symbol of the destruction and the suffering that will be brought upon the great cities of the world in the near future. Evil spirits consult together on how to best create maximum suffering among humanity, and they are able to create some of the worst atrocities and devastation when the angels of God pull back. The American Civil War had a significant impact upon the nation. We are told about the spirits of devils that were guiding the generals in the war. No doubt they are still doing this today. The description in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, page 363 and 364, explain how the enemy works to deceive men and lead them to destruction. Very many men in authority, generals and officers, act in conformity with the instructions communicated by spirits. The spirits of devils professing to be dead warriors and skillful generals communicate with men in authority and control many of their movements. One general has directions from these spirits to make special moves and is flattered by the hope of success. Another receives directions which differ widely from those given to the first. Sometimes those who follow the directions given 
obtain a victory, but more frequently they meet with defeat. The spirits sometimes give these leading men an account of events to transpire in battles in which they are about to engage, of the individuals who will fall in the battle. Sometimes it is found to be as these spirits foretold, and this strengthens the faith of the believers in spiritual manifestations. And again it is found that correct information has not been given, but the deceiving spirits make some explanation which is received. The deception upon minds is so great that many fail to perceive that the lying spirits which are leading them on to certain destruction. Satan has, through his angels, communicated with officers who were cool, calculating men when left to themselves, and they have given up their own judgment and have been led by these lying spirits into difficult places where they have been repulsed with dreadful slaughter. It suits his satanic majesty well to see slaughter and carnage upon the earth. Jesus spoke about a great tribulation in Matthew twenty four fifteen through 20 When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. The abomination of desolation is a Sunday law. When this happens, we can know that the next event to take place will be unimaginable distress and suffering on the people of the world. God's people will also be affected because they will be blamed for the suffering. The great tribulation, or time of trouble, will be an expression of the devil's great wrath because he knows his time is short. Revelation 12.12 God will not allow him to continue his evil and brutal reign much longer. Man's capacity for evil has been fully exposed in the Jewish towns bordering Gaza. But that spirit of evil exists far beyond Gaza. The October 7 tragedy in Israel is just the sip of a bitter, bitter cup. Events are going to get far worse. Why did God allow such a thing to happen? God is appalled by violence. He is a God of love. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. Listen to 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Ezekiel 33.11 says that God has no pleasure in the death of even the wicked. Listen to it. Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? By allowing these demonic thugs to infiltrate the Jewish state, God is showing us the true nature of the hatred and evil that exists in Satan's world. And he is showing us that we need his protection. But he is also demonstrating that Israel no longer has his protection. Why? Because of their rejection of Christ and the truth. He is appealing to Jews to return back to him and warning the rest of the world that if they persist in their rebellion to God, they will experience similar destruction. He warns us in Leviticus 26, 16 and 17 of the consequences of rebellion to God's commandments. I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. Will Israel's retaliation against Hamas really accomplish anything except destruction and misery? They're turning to man and his solutions instead of to God and his plan. And God reveals what will happen in Luke 26.20. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. I have some questions for you. Do you think Israel is spending its strength in vain like the Bible says? Will Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran come to heal? These nations, as well as other enemies of Israel, will just deepen their hatred and animosity. They may quiet down for a while, but they will regroup and reorganize, and eventually they will attack again. What do you think is coming upon our nations in the West? We have become materialistic, secular societies that tolerate and encourage deceit, idolatry, sensuality, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, and many other sins. We host LGBTQ pride parades. Our public places celebrate and promote transgenderism. While what Hamas did to innocent Israelis is horrifying, in the eyes of God, is it worse than the moral filth that we are forcing on a whole generation of youth? Ironically, and maybe purposely, Hamas attacked Israel on the weekly Sabbath. But it was also on an annual holy day that many Israelis observe. 
The Feast of Tabernacles is a wonderfully positive, celebratory, and sacred day. Christ called it the last day, the great day of the feast, John seven thirty seven. You can see the spite that the enemy has for those who keep the Sabbath and the Jewish traditions. He terrorized and brutalized them on the Sabbath. And if God doesn't protect them, nothing will prevent him from doing this evil again, especially now at the end of time when his wrath is greatest. And he wants to destroy as many Sabbath keepers as possible. In fact, he wants to block the memory of the Sabbath from the whole world if he can. One of Hamas's first targets was the all-night festival of music known as a psychedelic trance event near the Gaza border. This activity has its roots in the 1960s hippie movement, known for its immoral lifestyle. Such indecent activity is common in Israel today. It is obvious that many Jews don't respect the Sabbath any longer. Nobody deserves the dramatic brutality that Hamas inflicted on the Israelites. These young people certainly did not have God's protection. They were carousing on the Sabbath, a sacred holy day that should be kept holy. Hamas, motivated by the enemy, preyed on the fact that they had turned from morality and abused the Sabbath. The events of that morning should motivate us to some honest self-examination. We should be willing to make changes in our lives if we are to avoid perishing eternally. We must turn to God in repentance. God offers hope. He will abundantly pardon and fully and freely. Throughout history, the enemies of the Israelite people seemed to have a grisly theme. When the ancient Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, Pharaoh commanded a slaughter of their newborn sons, Exodus 1.16. In the days of Christ, King Herod murdered the Israelite infants in an attempt to get at baby Jesus, Matthew 2.16-18. That's the circumstances of the statement of Scripture in Matthew 2.18. In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. This verse could be applied today. In the Middle Ages, the Roman Catholic Inquisition sent armies to attack the Wallenses, and others, and they especially took delight in the slaughter of infants. But a chilling prophecy is found in Psalm 137, 8 and 9. Speaking of the daughters of Babylon, or the apostate churches, whom the psalmist says persecuted and controlled God's church in captivity, says, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh 
and dashes thy little ones against the stones. Could we be going into captivity to the daughters of Babylon through the ecumenical movement? Friends, I want this sick old world to come to an end, don't you? I want these wars to end. The only way is to surrender completely to Jesus Christ and ask him to take away your sin and seal you for eternity. I'm so glad that the brutality and destruction of war will someday come to an end. We'll have the privilege of being around that long table and eating with Jesus and every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Won't that be wonderful? We will have another Feast of Tabernacles in heaven. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the absolute peace and calmness of the new earth. So let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we stand aghast at the inhumanity of man toward his fellow man. Hatred and violence are everywhere in the land. It is just as predicted in Scripture. But we want to escape the maelstrom of war and chaos and destruction. So please draw us close to your heart. Give us your peace now so that we can have it during the conflict that is sure to come. Let us learn to rely on your holy word that is the only accurate interpretation of events that are taking place around us. And we will thank you eternally. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, to us to guide us through this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us, and we thank you for your support. The song you have just heard is called Let God Guide You, sung by the Three Angels Chorale. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called On Our Journey Home. If you would like a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid, and we will gladly send you one. International listeners should send $20 USD. Be sure and mention the On Our Journey Home CD. The following is our prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis and the coming of the Lord. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month. Mesa High School teacher on administrative leave after students say he dressed up as devil said hail Satan to students. A Mesa High School teacher is being investigated after reportedly dressing up as a devil and saying hell Satan to students, according to one of the students in his class. Sophomore Nathaniel Hamlet said last Wednesday he walked into class and noticed his teacher wearing devil horns and carrying a pitchfork. Hamlet alleges the teacher waved the pitchfork over students' heads as they entered and said hell Satan. Quote, some people thought it was funny. Some people didn't like it. Some people were like, whatever, they just blew it off. Hamlet said. On Tuesday, the teacher involved in the situation told 12 News the reason why they were dressed up that way was for Halloween Spirit Week. They said the theme was dynamic duels and the teacher next door was in an angel costume. Quote, Participating in Spirit Week like this is a way for me to engage with my students and bring fun to my classroom, they wrote. 
It's truly not any more complicated than that. Still, Hamlet said he was insulted by the teacher's costume because of his faith. Quote, I said, don't do that to me, and I pushed the pitchfork away, maybe three or four times, and he still said it and still did it, Hamlet said. The sophomore then told his dad, Chris Hamlet, a former Mesa Public School Board candidate, about the situation. Chris said he then reported it to the Mesa High School principal. Quote, I was livid because I am a Christian as well, obviously, Chris Hamlet said. What really tipped it over for me is, he kept telling him no, and he and the teacher kept persisting. The next day, Nathaniel Hamlet said the teacher was not in the classroom and hasn't been back since. Mesa Public Schools said the teacher had been placed on paid administrative leave. Quote, I feel like that's fair, but he did it repeatedly to everyone, Nathaniel Hamlet said, so I feel like you should probably get fired. His father agrees. Whether the teacher was joking or not, what was reportedly done in class was not appropriate, Chris Hamlet said. Quote, if you're going to keep the Christian stuff out, then you got to keep the devil-worshipping stuff out, period, Chris Hamlet said. A spokesperson for Mesa Public Schools sent 12 News the following statement regarding the situation. Quote, Mesa Public Schools administration was notified of the alleged incident at Mesa High School late Wednesday afternoon after school hours. Our Human Resources Department began the investigation Thursday morning and placed the teacher on paid administrative leave pending the result of the investigation. The investigation remains ongoing. Other parents on Monday picking up their kids from the school told 12 News, while they don't agree with what the teacher did, they think firing the teacher may take it too far. Quote, The forces of darkness will unite with human agents who have given themselves into the control of Satan, and the same scenes that were exhibited at the trial, rejection, and crucifixion of Christ will be revived. Through yielding to satanic influences, men will be transformed into fiends and those who were created in the image of God, who were formed to honor and glorify their creator, will become the habitation of dragons and Satan will see in apostate race his masterpiece of evil, men who reflect his own image. The Review and Herald, April 14, 1896 Next, Pope suggests blessing for same-sex unions may be possible. Pope Francis has suggested there could be ways to bless same-sex unions, responding to five conservative cardinals who challenged him to affirm church teaching on homosexuality ahead of a big meeting where LGBTQ plus Catholics are on the agenda. The Vatican on Monday published a letter Francis wrote to the Cardinals on July 11, after receiving a list of five questions or dubia from them a day earlier. In it, Francis suggested that such blessings could be studied if they didn't confuse the blessing with sacramental marriage. New Ways Ministry, which advocates for LGBTQ plus Catholics, said the letter significantly advances efforts to make LGBTQ plus Catholics welcomed in the church and one big straw towards breaking 
the camel's back in their marginalization. The Vatican holds that marriage is an indissoluble union between man and woman. As a result, it has long opposed gay marriage. But even Francis has voiced support for civil laws extending legal benefits to same-sex spouses, and Catholic priests in parts of Europe have been blessing same-sex unions without Vatican censure. Francis' response to the Cardinals, however, marks a reversal from the Vatican's current official position. In an explanatory note in 2021, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said flat out that the Church couldn't bless gay unions because God cannot bless sin. In his newsletter, Francis reiterated that matrimony is a union between a man and a woman. But responding to the Cardinal's question about homosexual unions and blessings, he said, Pastoral charity requires patience and understanding, and that regardless, priests cannot become judges who only deny, reject, and exclude. For this reason, pastoral prudence must adequately discern whether there are forms of benediction requested by one or more persons that do not transmit a mistaken conception of marriage, he wrote. Because when a benediction is requested, it is expressing a request for help from God, a plea to be able to live better, a trust in a Father who can help us to live better. He noted that there are situations that are objectively not morally acceptable. But he said the same pastoral charity requires that people be treated as sinners who might not be fully at fault for their situations. Francis added, that there is no need for dioceses or bishop conferences to turn such pastoral charity into fixed norms or protocols, saying the issue could be dealt with on a case-by-case basis because the life of the church runs on channels beyond norms. Quote, The world is a second Sodom. The end is right upon us. And is it reasonable to think that there is no message to make ready a people to stand in the day of God's preparation? Why is there so little eyesight, so little deep, earnest, heartfelt labor? Why is there so much pulling back? Why is there such a continual cry of peace and safety and no going forward in obedience to the Lord's command? Is the third angel's message to go out in darkness or to lighten the whole earth with its glory? Is the light of God's Spirit to be quenched and the church to be left as destitute of the grace of Christ as the hills of Gilboa were of dew and rain? Certainly, all must admit that it is time that a vivifying, heavenly influence should be brought to bear upon our churches. It is time that unbelief, pride, love of supremacy, evil surmising, depreciation of the work of others, licentiousness and hypocrisy should go out of our ranks. Great Controversy, page 423. Next, NYPD mother of three slammed as scammer for wanting off on Sabbath. Suit. A Brooklyn cop and Seventh-day Adventist was derided as a scammer after she requested to be off on Saturdays to worship according to a lawsuit. When she signed onto the job in 2016, Joanne St. Jean claimed she was told she'd be able to adhere to her faith, a Christian sect that observed the Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. 
Instead, she spent the next eight years being chastised by superiors who allegedly told her, quote, you're not Jewish. Why are you practicing like a, you're Jewish? St. Jean, 37, told the Post. Bosses told St. Jean there is no place for her in the police department because of her religion, according to the Manhattan Supreme Court. St. Jean, who lives in Baldwin, Long Island, said she joined the NYPD at age 29 because it had been a dream of hers, but that dream quickly turned into a nightmare. She was granted religious accommodations to have her required days off. But bosses told her other cops were angry a newbie would get a weekend day and began criticizing her beliefs. Quote, I don't understand your religion, one boss told her. According to court papers, your religion is messed up. A supervisor also said her religion was not for black people, and she started being assigned to work Saturdays, she said. As a result, she was forced to use her own accrued time off for the Sabbath and has lost out on valuable overtime and transfers to specialized units, she claims in the legal filing. Her problems multiplied in 2020 when Sergeant Robin Abrams became her new boss, she contends. He allegedly told her that, quote, no cop wants to work with you because you are a scammer. That same year, her bosses decided she was absent without leave on a Saturday and sent Nassau County police officers to her Long Island home to harass her. She claims in the litigation, which seeks unspecified damages. Quote, when the officers arrived, they informed her that she was AWOL and stated that her supervisors had not been able to reach her. The suit states, this was preposterous as plaintiff was off on that day. She has filed four or five formal complaints, but they only led to more bullying, she said. St. Jean, who has three children ages 6, 14, and 16, hopes the lawsuit will force the NYPD to change. Quote, I'm asking for a change so nobody else who comes on has to deal with this, especially as a black woman, she said. Some days I get to work and I sit in my car and I think, should I go in? Can I do it? Quote, publicly, the NYPD champions their diversity as a tool necessary to protect the diverse population of New York City, said her attorney, John Scola. In practice, officers like Joanne St. Jean are denied advancement within the department and openly harassed for asserting their religious beliefs. The NYPD said in a statement it does not tolerate discrimination in any form. It declined to comment on pending litigation. Abrams couldn't be reached for comment. All of God's true people will be treated this way and worse. Quote, there is the highest reason for us to prize the true Sabbath and stand in its defense, for it is the sign which distinguishes the people of God from the world. The commandment that the world makes void is the one to which, for this very reason, God's people will give greater honor. It is when the unbelieving cast contempt upon the word of God that the faithful Caleb's are called for. It is then that they will stand firm at the post of duty, without parade and without swerving, because of reproach. The unbelieving spies stood ready to destroy Caleb. He saw the stones in the hands of those who had brought a false report. But this did not deter him. He had a message and he would bear it. The same spirit will be manifested today by those who are true to God. 
Maranatha, page 239. Next, North Korea threatens U.S. with preemptive nuclear strike, KCNA. North Korea warned the United States about the possibility of carrying a preemptive nuclear strike over its attempts to unleash a nuclear war by deploying its strategic capabilities on the Korean Peninsula. The Korean Central News Agency reported on Friday. The agency's commentary comes as a response to the U.S. decision to deploy a B-52 nuclear strategic bomber and a fifth-generation F-22 Raptor stealth fighter jet to the south of the Korean Peninsula. Quote, This is the intentional nuclear war provocative moves of the U.S. driven into a tight corner at home and abroad, the agency said. According to the document's authors, the U.S. is scheming to pave the way for its resurrection in the Korean Peninsula regarding the nukes of tyranny as an almighty solution, but its attempts can never be realized. It accuses Washington of operating the nuclear war mechanism by deploying all nuclear strategic assets, including strategic nuclear submarine, nuclear carrier, and nuclear strategic bomber, to the region in order to ease the puppet forces of South Korea. King Yang views these actions as a grave military movement of preemptive nuclear attack aimed at physical removal of North Korea. Quote, the U.S. will be well aware that the Korean Peninsula is in a state of war by law and its strategic assets deploying in the puppet region are the first targets of destruction, the agency added. The period when the right to preemptive attack was the monopoly of the U.S. has already come to an end. Quote, now that the U.S. and gangsters of the Republic of Korea have committed a provocation of nuclear war against the DPRK, the DPRK will take corresponding option, the commentary says. In late September, North Korea's Supreme People's Assembly has passed a law on constitutional amendments enshrining the statutes of the country's nuclear forces and their accelerated development to guarantee the country's right to existence. Quote, the time is at hand. Today the signs of the times declare that we are standing on the threshold of great and solemn events. Everything in our world is in agitation. Before our eyes is fulfilling the Savior's prophecy of the events to precede His coming. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Education, page 179. Next, South Korea on alert for possible North Korea action after Israel-Hamas conflict. South Korea is under a heightened alert, assessing how the widening crisis in the Middle East could impact its national security after the unprecedented attack that Palestinian militant group Hamas launched against Israel. South Korean National Security Advisor Cho Tae-yong is examining possible impacts that the Hamas-Israel conflict could have on South Korean security as he is being briefed on the situation, said the office of President Yo Suk-yeol on Monday. 
The Hamas attack against Israel on Saturday, the deadliest assault it experienced in 50 years, appeared to be expanding into a full-scale war on the third day of the conflict. The Israeli military has mobilized 300,000 reservists Monday as it moves on a full offensive in response to the surprise attack by ground, air, and sea by Hamas. Israel is also imposing a complete blockade of the Palestinian-controlled Gaza Strip. South Korea condemned Hamas for its attack on Israel and expressed deep concern about civilian casualties. The rapidly growing conflict elevated South Korea's concern over a possible U.S. shift in priority to the Middle East and as a result diminished support for deterring North Korea, according to analysts. Cho Han Bum, a senior research fellow at the Korea Institute for National Unification, a think tank in Seoul, said if the Palestinian-Israel conflict prolongs to the point that it requires the U.S. to deploy significant military capacity to the region, deterring North Korea could lower priority for the U.S. Robert Manning, a senior fellow at the Stimson Center's Reimagining U.S. Grand Strategy Project, said U.S. extended deterrence could potentially be affected if a military contingency arose in the Middle East that demands significant U.S. military support. South Korean Defense Minister Shin Won-sik, who took office Saturday, called for the military's full readiness against North Korea as he visited the Army's 1st Infantry Division near the inter-Korean border Monday. North Korea's relations with Russia have been growing into close military cooperation as rail traffic across the borders of the two countries surged, indicative of possible arms transfers from Pyongyang to Moscow after Kim's meeting with President Vladimir Putin in Russia in September. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Monday blamed the Palestinian-Israel conflict on the failed Middle Eastern policy of the U.S., as he called for a return to peace. North Korea has yet to release an official statement on the conflict. Since the 1980s, North Korea has been providing illicit arms to Iran, a key supporter of Hamas, as well as the Lebanese terror group Hezbollah, which has also launched attacks on Israel. Quote, That time is at hand. Today the signs of the times declare that we are standing on the threshold of great and solemn events. Everything in our world is in agitation. Before our eyes is fulfilling the Savior's prophecy of the events to proceed as coming, ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Education, page 179. Next. Major retail CEOs warn of dire shoplifting epidemic after $112 billion in losses causing chains to take drastic measures. Retail crime has hit an all-time high at stores report more than $112 billion in losses. The rampant stealing has caused retailers to beef up security and turn to other drastic anti-theft measures in order to try to stop thieves. The 2023 National Retail Security Survey found that theft-related losses increased from $93.9 billion 
2021 to $112.1 billion in 2022. Quote, retailers are seeing unprecedented levels of theft coupled with rampant crime in their stores, and the situation is only becoming more dire. NRF Vice President for Asset Protection and Retail Operations, David Johnston said, Far beyond the financial impact of these crimes, the violence and concerns over safety continue to be the priority for all retailers regardless of size or category. The survey found that the shrink rate in 2022 financial year hit 1.6% up from 1.4% in 2021. Theft accounted for almost two-thirds of retailers shrink. Shrink rate is a measure of inventory loss based on factors such as employee air and shoplifting. It is the difference between optimal sales and actual sales. Retailers told NRF that organized retail crime remained their biggest concern with 67% saying that they saw an increased level of organized crime than in previous years. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, New York, and Seattle were determined to be the top five locations hit hardest by organized retail theft. Even with increased funding in loss prevention, 28% of retailers reported having to close stores in certain locations. Quote, Our team continues to face an unacceptable amount of retail theft and organized retail crime. Target CEO Brian Cornell said on a conference call. Shrink remains consistent with our expectations, but well above the sustainable level where we expect to operate over time. And unfortunately, safety incidents associated with theft are moving in the wrong direction. The NRF survey also found that thieves are targeting a variety of products. The most commonly stolen items range from high-ticket, high-fashion items to everyday essentials that can be resold quickly. The list has expanded to include outerwear, batteries, energy drinks, designer footwear, and kitchen accessories, according to the Federation. Senior loss prevention and security executives from 177 retail brands participated in the 2023 National Retail Security Survey. Quote, We are living in the midst of an epidemic of crime at which thoughtful, God-fearing men everywhere stand aghast. The corruption that prevails, it is beyond the power of the human pen to describe. Every day brings fresh revelations of political strife, bribery, and fraud. Every day brings its heart-sickening record of violence and lawlessness, of indifference to human suffering, of brutal fiendish destruction of human life. Every day testifies to the increase of insanity, murder, and suicide. Who can doubt that satanic agencies are at work among men with increasing activity to distract and corrupt the mind and defile and destroy the body. The Ministry of Healing, page 142 and 143. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.